This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds. Dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. whisper at the end of that gentlemen that's the tamest one we've had in a while you know i i didn't find anything like i said i was going to after last week so i just really tried to put something put a little spin on it you know what i'm saying a little, little spin a little spin it didn't work it no did I've, it. I've heard better yeah, all your yeah. hot breath <laughs> you know what yeah through the computer obviously <laughs> obviously great Thanks. Really appreciate the encouragement, guys. <laughs> That's that spicy <sighs> air right on the mic. <sighs> Whatever, man. And it I mean, that wasn't even like what Darth it was. Vader. No, I, I can nail Darth Vader. That's what I'll do next next time. Darth Vader, hold me to it. Hold me to it. I got that. I got that. I hate Darth Vader. I had a traumatizing experience with him. But it's oh, like, snap. Double up. Then I'm definitely doing it next week. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Eye to Eye. Short for Inspired to Inspire the podcast. It's all about being open and honest and real, having conversations about life and faith. And as always, we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. My name is Jordan. My name is Devin. My name is Justice. And as always, we're glad to have you guys rocking with us. And on tonight, um, we're coming up for air. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's not like we don't want to tackle all of the issues of today. Uh, but the problem is there's way too many. And after a while, uh, if you just keep staying in that and talking about stuff, it can take you to some dark places. But glory to God, there are other things out there that we can talk about just the same. And we wanted to stay mildly relevant. And by we, I mean me, because it's my fault that it's taken us 86 years. But tonight, we are actually going to talk about... You guys want to say it? Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, His name is Alexander yeah. Hamilton. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. I'm going to take my shot. Oh, I really feel like... Is that the right word? Is that the yeah. right word? I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Sure. I'm, Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I really feel like maybe just me and Swang should have done this together because you clearly... You just despise Hamilton and, and all joy in general. 
it seems like. Now, it's not that I despise Hamilton. Mm. It's not that I despise Hamilton at all. It it had a lot to go up against for me because I, we, we've had this conversation already. There are two musicals that I rocks with till the end of the age. Um, and one is West Side Story. And the other one is The Wiz. And look, bro, ain't nothing beating ease on down, ease on down the road. So, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned, they had a lot to come up on. Now, I got to be honest, it was good. And you already pulled my card because I was open and honest and real with you as as the friends that we are. And then you put me on blast like three, four episodes ago talking about I was crying at the end. I'm not crying. <laughs> you're crying. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, nonetheless, we're excited to to go down this road. But before we go down this road, there's something else that means the world to all three of us. And we're going to start with that first. And that is the fact that ball is life. And so this is a very special edition of... Petty Eddie of the week. Uh, although I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's petty for this. I still think this was genius, but you know, whatever. Um, so I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but inside the uh, beautiful and virtually perfectly working bubble that is the NBA, there has been a business that has developed, um, and it has taken flight and it's doing amazing things, and it's all thanks to good old Jimmy Butler. Now I appreciate Jimmy Butler because the boys got hustle. Uh, the boy's got real grind. The boy can ball. And he talks a lot of trash. And it's almost usually good talking trash. He's been schooled a couple of times, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, so basically, if, if you guys didn't get a chance to hear or check it out, uh, this this man has set up his own personal coffee shop, which which tells you that there's an atrocity being had in, in, in itself because Disney, Disney should have a coffee shop. Um, I don't I don't know why they don't really have a coffee shop. Or maybe they do. They probably do have a coffee shop. These guys are in the Grand Floridian. Like they, there's absolutely places that they can be getting food. I was at Disney last year and I drank Starbucks constantly. They're all over the place. Yeah. Well, obviously they're not that. doing the, they're not doing their job though. If if Jimmy is is making money, and by money I mean like literal money, bro. I don't know. I just think it's awesome. Anyway, open up his books. I want to see the money he's actually making. I want, to, true. I want to audit Jimmy Butler because <laughs> the fact is, is that he thinks being like the 22nd best basketball player makes him number one. So he's already not very good when it comes to like figuring out where the numbers are at because he's not that good. Yeah, that's messy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy also decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave a better situation in Philadelphia where I can get a five-year, you know, super max deal and go down to Miami. So again, not very good with like the business acumen. So I'm not necessarily sure on top of the fact that he's deciding to charge $20 for something uh, and cash only, I think is what you told me. This proves that he is like the oldest, saltiest, crankiest guy in all of sports because all of those 20 something millennials rolling around with their iPhones are not carrying cash. Like it's Venmo or death. I guarantee you. He's not selling near as much coffee as he claims. <laughs> hey, look, it's beautiful. So that's all I got to say about that. But anyway, so yeah, there was an article that came out about it and it said, it reads, while many NBA players use their precious personal item slots to bring memories of home or their favorite video game console, uh, Butler decided to bring a French press into the NBA bubble and is now running his own coffee business out of his room. First of all, I absolutely <laughs> love, and see, no, they even get to the point. I, I appreciate the honesty in this. He's like, I love this scam. Duh. Uh, I don't know what the coffee game is like inside the Disney resort, but considering Butler's burgeoning business, 
that word it says it all. Uh, I have to imagine it's a little <laughs> lackluster. That word says it all. Yeah, everything about the sign is genius. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance, but if you get a chance, just Google it. Look at the sign. Everything is twenty dollars, uh, including the small, the medium, and the large. Um, all of and- the coffees are twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter them. if you get a pour over or a mochiato or a latte. It's all twenty dollars. What? Which, by the way, yep. with a French press, you can't even make all those drinks. <laughs> You know what? I feel like he made a way out of no way on this one. And I love the fact that it says there's no IOUs. So, I mean, look, when it says this, there's no IOUs, th- that tells me that there's supply and demand and, and there's some demand happening there, sir. No, it tells you that Jimmy doesn't trust his younger peers to, to pay him. On top of the fact, let me think about it this way, okay? Let's say you saw a resume. Let's say you were interviewing somebody. And at the top of the resume, it was like top 20 in the world at this business. And then it showed, you know, from when he came in the league, what, you know, 2010 to 2020, and then 2020 to present barista. You'd be like, wow, you really <laughs> fell. <laughs> You'd have a hard time hiring that man. <laughs> but it's in the lane of entrepreneurship, though. It's not like he went and filled out a, an application. No, it's not entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is like ownership in a business that will sustain, that you can sell. As soon as that bubble bursts, he's not, this, this is, has no legs. He's not sustaining anything. In fact, when you think about the value that that man has, he could be doing those, what are those things where you uh, ask celebrities to do like 20 seconds for like $200, say happy birthday to your friend. He could be making way more money per minute than he's currently making by creating some French presses at, at maybe two an hour. <laughs> Okay. This, this is mean, not a good business model whatsoever. Even at twenty bucks, his time is worth way more than this. Bro, it's a it's it's a hustle though, and there's a difference between real business. Because I can tell you right now, I wasn't thinking that this was an absolute business. But that man went in there with a plan. Um, a I don't know one. if it was to get a championship, like you were saying. When he went to Miami, I knew that he was never going to get one. But um, yeah, he went yeah, in there with but a plan. To, like. I'm still stuck on the $20 because I love coffee, but I'm not spending $20 on coffee. Swain, these these guys all make millions upon millions a year. Like they don't care about $20. That's very true. But I mean, even when you have that much money, I feel like you still need to have a sense of value for the dollar. I would just not spend it because I'd be like, Jimmy, why would I give you $20 when I can go down the hall and use the player cafeteria and get my own coffee? But that coffee isn't as... Actually, I got nothing on that. Yeah, I don't know see, if this coffee tastes no good yeah, or not. This, this coffee better be so daggone good. I just <laughs> I really mean, respect the hustle. Top you know, notch. Some folk came in there to play video game and get sunned, literally. Ain't no much respect to the sun. Oh, Sorry, I didn't make it to sons. the playoffs. I know that Devin is really sad that they didn't make it to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, Barkley last night before the Laker game said that uh, if the Blazers somehow win the first game, then they're going to sweep the Lakers. It's <laughs> just like the dumbest prediction. So wouldn't you just say that you think they're going to win? Because one game does not make a seven-game series, yet you think one game means they're going to now beat the number one seed with the best player in the world in the next three games? Like, Barkley, what? Come on, man. Now, you know, Daniel, well, first of all, what is Charles Barkley infamous for in this lifetime? betting and betting wrongly well, and frequently. He's infamous for being terrible at golf. 
Um, that too. Mm-hmm. And betting on golf. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, uh, he's a horrible gambler. It's true. But, you know, what you gamble with versus what you say on air, like it just, it's totally ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would take him seriously for anything, but. I mean, there was that one year where you took him seriously and then he lost to MJ. I was, they got that chip. I was 14. Like, what was I what's, supposed what, to do? I was leading what's, what's with my point? heart. You didn't you didn't nuance this, bro. By the way, he also was the MVP of the league. Like, I mean, a lot of people were taking him seriously. It wasn't just fourteen year old me. <laughs> but you you just said you don't know why anybody would take him seriously. So, um, well, yeah, except that before you're eighteen, uh, you are not bound to any contracts. So I was perfectly within my right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people were. That chick that was in Small Wonder, different strokes. I mean, whatever. No. Anyway, yeah, that's our Petty Eddie for the week before this goes down some unnecessary road. And we're not even going to talk about playoffs. Um, although, yeah, that game last night. No, I'm I, fine. My, my, my heart broke, bro. Like, seriously, I like, and you know, the thing that got me the most was I could have cared about, I could have cared less about Dame Time. I really could have. Because Dame Time is, it's always been efficient. And he's also also never made it to the finals and gotten a championship. So there's that. There's that. But, I mean, he's young. I mean, he he hasn't been in the league for as long as some of these guys. I mean— This the, is true. But, but no, how, dude, how long has he been in the league? We can't, we can't say that. It's not like he's been in the league two years. I think it's a minimum of five that he's been in the league. Yeah, I think he— Maybe six. It, yeah, it's probably in the five or six range. But— you figure it, it definitely takes some time. I mean, shoot, I don't think Jordan was in the finals until he was seven years deep. So come on, let's it take it easy. Seven years, and especially deep. playing in the in the West, where the last five seasons he was playing against one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, this is very very true. And at the same time, he also never made it to the finals until he got Phil. But we don't need to revisit the last dance, do we? Well, this will show you just how much of a, a Dame fan I actually am because here I am defending the guy that beat my team last night. Uh, yeah, and when he hit that shot from half court just because he felt like it, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy. Yeah, I love watching insane. this guy. <laughs> Bro, he came off that pick and I was like, no, yes, you are. And you did. Uh-huh. And after that, I was like, well, time to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. yeah Seriously. Yeah. yeah, he pulled up and I'm like, are you serious? And then splash. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, the one that got me, though, like I said, was Mello, though. Like, Carmelo Anthony, I don't know, the, the boy is acting like he's 18 years old again. And actually, I, I personally love it, but it doesn't change the fact that I was I didn't see that coming. Really didn't see that coming at all. Well, this is my thought on the game itself. So it didn't bother me at all that the Lakers lost. The Lakers haven't played in a week. They basically locked up the number one seed, what, three games in. So they they've really been coasting the last probably three weeks. Uh, meanwhile, Portland has been in the playoffs since the moment they started playing in the bubble. So they've basically been playing playoff games. Then they played a, a must-win game to just get into a play-in game, which was another playoff game. Like, the intensity, they've already ratcheted themselves up. They've got, you know, uh, chemistry going already. Like, it's a, it's a this is normal stuff for the NBA. This is how the NBA works you have teams that win and then the Lakers will come back and they'll probably win by 20 and then everyone will be like, oh, big deal. And then, <laughs> like, this is just how it goes. But you guys talk about LeBron James all the time. Yeah, homie had 25, 16, and 15. Everything. 25, 16, and oh, 15. Oh, but they took a week off. First time in history. for him? First time in history. Anybody has had those numbers in a playoff game. Oh, okay. 
Let me hear it. Let me hear it. He had a triple double last night. It was. It wasn't even just a triple double. LeBron James, I'm just saying. You guys are like, oh, yes, you are. Should do it again. Should do it again. She hates LeBron so much. I I just don't like him. She hates LeBron the way I hate Harden. (laughs) 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 Who yesterday I was getting mad at the TV. And uh, Jamie's like, quiet, quiet down. The boys are sleeping. And I'm like, but every time he jumps, he like flares his legs out. And then they're like, even Stan Van Gundy, who I really love Stan Van Gundy. He's like, can you believe they fouled him? They always jump into his space. They don't jump into his space. He's freaking jumping Jack Flash every time he shoots the ball. He's trying to land in the split position. Nobody lands like that. Look, I just want to go on the record now and say, if we don't talk about Hamilton tonight, it ain't my fault. Oh no, we're getting Hamilton. <laughs> we need to go ahead and start We right have now because... to get to Hamilton. No, because the NBA is the only other thing we even had on the list. So I might as well talk about it a little bit. So, oh man, uh, yeah. I didn't know it was going to go to Harden's flailing legs. I mean, but... every single time, every time. Swango, yeah, you hate LeBron. Who do you got for the finals? Oh, if you say two Western Conference teams, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. As much as I don't want to say this, I do think that the Lakers are probably going to be in the finals. Oh, I hope you're right. I think, I don't know. What Do you guys, okay, because this is the thing. Leonard is doing really well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so <laughs> do you think that there is a possibility though that they could beat the Lakers? Oh, absolutely. I'm terrified of the Clippers and I'm terrified of them for two reasons. One, I think they're really good. And two, it would be like losing to your little brother. So I'm I'm terrified yeah. of them. So that's why I'm still kind of like on the fence because I feel like I've never seen the Clippers this way. <laughs> Nobody has. It's kind of cool to watch. <laughs> so I'm like, mm, what's going to yeah. happen? Yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I'm a secret avid follower of, of, of Colin Coward in the herd. Oh. And he was stating his case. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes he comes out his mouth with something and I'm, I just don't expect it. And I'm like, there's no way. But then I'm like, you know what? And then by the time he's done, I'm like, oh, you might have a point. And I really can't stand the fact that I think that. Um, but yeah, he was he was stating the case for the Clippers to win it all. Um, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, but, you know, I really have faith in Luka Doncic. So, oh, man, watching uh, that kid is so yo, much fun. He's incredible. He's disgusting. He is incredible. <laughs> you know it's real when you got an old head like my pops, who I was talking to last year, right around the same time, and, was, and I was like, "Yo, Dad, Luca might be that dude." He's like, "No, don't tell me that, yo, blood. Don't tell me some European." You gotta be kidding me, man. Go ahead. And then, like, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I was hanging out at the house for my mom's birthday, and we were watching them play. And my dad was like, "This boy bad. This boy bad." I was like, "He oh, is. He's no, he's he's the guy at the Y. <laughs> he's the guy at the Y, just dominating." <laughs> He's great. Uh, you know, I was asking if you guys had seen the Denver Utah game, game one, because, you know, Donovan Mitchell went off and scored 57 points. It's the third most in a playoff game. He's, I think he's not even 23. It's insane. And then Jamal Murray scored, I think, 37. And then uh, Jokic scored, I don't know, like 25. Like just watching those three guys, there's so many great young players in the league right now. It's it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you guys have the Lakers over the Trailblazers. Yes. Even with Leonard. 
Yeah, because because Leonard's not as good as two of the Lakers players. <laughs> they did really well last night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Lillard's don't. That's what they've been saying the entire time. The The issue with the Lakers is they have nobody else that can shoot right now, or at least that acts like they can shoot. They got Green, who really should be lighting everybody up, and he ain't doing squat. He was like, what, one for nine last night? And I was like, bro, you just came from a championship team. Get your life. True. Yeah, but that's not typical. I mean, you can have a bad night. It doesn't mean you lose a series. This is true. I, I think the Lakers are definitely going to take it still. I'm just saying, though. Like, last night, if it, it wasn't really an indication. Because I think what, what, what Justice was saying and what you were saying were, were spot on. You know, the Lakers have pretty much been coasting since, oh, we're number one? Oh, we'd have to worry about? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I, I definitely think that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and even in that light, like I said, LeBron got a triple-double and almost made it look effortless. But then in the end, like I said, it, it really did feel like um, the Blazers like just straight up took their heart in that last minute, twenty two seconds. Yeah, it felt it felt like it, but you know feelings can really mess stuff up. Well, and that happens in in a one game sample size. I mean, Portland hit pretty much all their threes at the end. You know, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, the Lakers aren't a great shooting team. That's okay. I mean, they they can they can score. Well, the Clippers are playing right now, and Dallas is up forty to twenty five. So come on, Dallas. Wait, Dallas is up forty to twenty five. Yeah. Well, I mean, last night, shoot, I think Dallas was down 15 in the first quarter, and then they were up 10 by halftime. Like, they had a crazy turnaround. And Porzingis got kicked out and everything, bro. Yeah, he got kicked out. So it's hard to say what that game would have looked like. Yeah. I am a little bit worried about not having Avery Bradley. He was an extra guy that they could have had. I'm also bummed out that they've lost Rondo, you know, to an injury. Maybe he'll be back in. I'm not really sure. But they got Deion Waiters. But he's streaky, though. And Rondo was supposed to actually come back. They said sometime. They just weren't sure of his timetable, but he should be in there. He's actually in the bubble now. He was uh, warming up with the team, but they still have kind of one of those no timetable for, for a return. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Mm. All I know is I really enjoy watching, like, Damian and Leonard. Because, you know, you're usually talking about LeBron James and all those other guys that I just really don't like to talk about. but. It's been cool to see, like, other players step up. I mean, we all know knew what Leonard was capable of, I feel like. But Damien has really shocked me. I think he's shocked a lot of people. He's, like, stepped up his game. See, I've been watching him for, like, five years, so I'm not surprised at all. He's, really? He's amazing. Okay. I, he was definitely not on my radar until, like, recently. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm actually more surprised at Kawhi. Because really, yeah. See, I'm not. No, see, he was. I always liked his game. I always enjoyed watching him. I felt like he was more of like an underdog type of player. Like people didn't really pay attention, and like I don't know. I just always enjoyed watching him. So it's it's nothing to do with not respecting his game. It had everything to do with thinking that he might have been a system guy, and playing with the Spurs. And so once he left there. You know, I he he just doesn't have the same feel as like the guy who takes over a game, even though he does it. He just does it in such a weird way. Like even watching, you know, Paul George play on the same floor, it looks like Paul George is the way more dynamic takeover a game type player than even Leonard is. And I feel like he's just a silent killer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely silent. <laughs> he doesn't speak at all. 
Like, I, I just feel like he's one of those players. Like, he's going to fit in where he can. and But also, like, he's going to show up. Like, he's not going to be that, like, hoorah type of person that, like, will immediately catch your eye. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I put it, I put it this way. I think that, you know, I look at who he came in under. He came in under somebody else who Devin is not a huge fan of. He came in under the big fundamental. I want to just set the record straight. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's that I think he gets a little bit more love than he probably should. That's all. <sighs> I respect him. But coming under that and coming under structure is not always a bad thing. Yeah, no, I don't think it was. I think it actually helped to like help him. Yeah, yeah it grounded him to make sure that he could get that extra focus and and learn how to work on things and really just go hard and just appreciate, you know, the position that he was in. And of course, it led to him being an MVP one time, beating LeBron, by the way. I'm sure Justice loves that part. Um, I do. And, yeah. And then, uh, you know, just kind of setting him up for all this other stuff, even when he was being a little witch about his situation in San Antonio before he went to to Toronto. You know, I didn't think that he was doing that. You know, I, I didn't think he had wide receiver syndrome. That's what I like to call it when, you know, they just, they get all Devo, Diva, and get all spastic and stuff. That's not fair. Don't come after him like that. You have no idea how they might have been treating him. The fact is, is the guy didn't say about anything. The Spurs organization. Yes, man, we know how they were treating him. He didn't say man, anything publicly to act to call him a wide receiver syndrome when he said nothing publicly. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying he didn't do that. Oh, it sounded like you said he, he yeah, was acting no, that no. way. No, that's what I'm saying. Like even in the midst of their tension, he was actually still pretty respectful. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I'm not mad at that. And then, of course, he goes to Toronto. We see what he did in Toronto. He immediately takes his talents to 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 L.A. and we see what he's doing there. So, you know, I'm really, I'm I'm not mad at the kid. I'm really really not. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, in all of that, I also just want to say that you know, y'all want to say he's a quiet ride. He is, but I just I like to say that he's just a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did you guys see that video? <laughs> Did you guys see that video of Leonard and Kevin Hart, though? Him reacting to his laugh? Nah. nah. His oh laugh is like... Okay. If you haven't seen the video, you have to look it up. Just type in Leonard, Kevin Hart. It's like the very first video that pops up. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> he does have quite the laugh. It's, I mean, I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm infamous for doing really good laughs. My, um, my, my granddad, God rest his soul, probably had the most infamous laugh you will ever hear in your entire life. I will not do that thing up here. Um, but it didn't matter because even when he cracked jokes, nobody could understand a word he was saying when he cracked them. But then <laughs> he would start laughing. laughing and everybody had no choice but to laugh because it was just that funny. He just laughed through the punchlines. <laughs> he pretty much, no, nah, he didn't even laugh through the punchline. It was like he would get real, real low. And then his words would be like, <laughs> but then after his punchline, you knew what the punchline was because he would immediately just hit this laugh. And, and and the show was over. You 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 laughed anyway because it was just flipping hilarious. Maybe one day if I feel like it, I'll do it up here. But it's not happening right now. <sighs> I'm trying to find the uh, the video that Justice is talking about right now, so I may go on mute. Okay, you go ahead and just do that. We'll we'll produce the show. It's fine. In fact, uh, yeah, you know, great. it's probably time to start talking about Hamilton anyway, yeah, and you can is. see yourself we need out. To start transitioning <laughs> while you do your thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what, Jordan? You don't need to be in the room where it happens. 
<laughs> I mean, technically, I'm not. We're all in three different rooms. See, this just proves how little you watched that show or cared because that's one of the key songs. What are you talking about? I don't want to hear this. He traded I, away the capital in New York City to Washington, D.C. And you don't want to hear this, but you allowed it to be a topic of discussion for the podcast. So I think you are more interested than you're giving yourself credit for. I, I said I liked it. I also mm-hmm. said that it was real heavy garb up against West Side Story <laughs> and and The Wiz. That's, 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 that's my only statement. That's all, that's all I got. I, okay. they're, they're different, like, types of productions, though. Like, they're not the same. Like, they don't have the same context. So. Right. I feel like you can't compare. Like, they're all really good. So I feel like you should be more of a fan of Hamilton because, like, it stands alone on its own. Tell him who, what he should be a fan of. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I mean, I really did. I, I did like it. I did. I, I'll, I'll leave my, my preferences for my previous musicals alone. Um, I will, you know, if let, let's just all agree that the musical Cats that came out last oh. year was an atrocity. There yeah. we can we can find some common ground and we can just move on. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. I was like, what is this? We can agree on that. <laughs> with Idris Elba and what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Hudson was in it, I think, too, wasn't she? And yep. Taylor Swift. And she was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All of them were. And it was still... Ugh. Yep, but this is not about cats, is it? Don't try to move this discussion around, Jordan. This is about Hamilton because we love Hamilton. <laughs> That's right. Just like the Schuyler sisters did, we love Hamilton, too. Okay? So I think for me personally, what was so cool about this thing is that for five or six years, it was like the most culturally relevant thing going on. Like everybody had heard about it. People were dying to see it. I don't think there was a... Has there ever been a show in Broadway that's been basically selling out like that for five years? Like, I don't know, historically. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) No, not for that long. Not even. The Lion King? Isn't the Lion King usually... Yeah, the Lion King did. And then I also think um, uh, Wicked. I think okay. we can win hard yeah, like that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Not just selling out, but selling out and then the tickets remain $1,200 a piece for five years. Like, that's not how that works for other shows. Plus, name anyone who's in either one of those. You can't. Yet you could probably, you'll see like five people from Hamilton that are all in now movies or TV shows. Like, it's crazy. It's a totally different, it's a genre-defying thing. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. I mean, we got Captain Stats. So, of course, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, Broadway shows are more expensive. And, like, I didn't even know that tickets fluctuated like that. Like, I didn't know that they were still selling at $1,200 a piece for tickets. Yeah. It was like the hardest ticket to get for like five years. Like, you just couldn't get tickets. You had to know people to get tickets. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's wild. It was crazy. Yeah. And so then it gets released and... I'm thinking, because I'm not a big musical guy. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy saying that. Uh, but I fell asleep during Phantom of the Opera at the Pantages in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm not, wow. musicals aren't for me. But what I will say is like, I'm like, I, I have to watch this just because I'm a pop culture nerd. So I'm like, I have to watch this thing. So, you know, we fired it up basically. I think it was the, it got dropped, I think on 4th of July, uh, something like that. So I think on the 5th of July, we watched it. And I was exhausted after 12 minutes I had to pause it. I'm like, what is happening? Like this, the pace of this is crazy. I don't know how they're going to keep this up. And there's actually something that said, uh, I watched a YouTube clip that talked about 
kind of facts about the show itself. And most musicals have that type of word count. Like they basically took the number of words in a standard musical. And if you took that pacing for Hamilton, Hamilton should have been about nine hours long. <laughs> so, oh so the pace of it, and because it's rap and like, like it just was, it's relentless the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Now I was thinking some of the time though, um, during some of those rhymes that I, I was wondering if they had like a twister as like an understudy for a couple of people. They might have. What's kind of neat about it too is when you watch it, if you are a fan of hip hop, Twister. You can kind of see all of the different influences that Lin Manuel had, right? Like there's definitely some, you know, Biggie in there, some Buster Rhymes in there, some Eminem in there. Like there's there's so many different genres. He basically wrote a Destiny's Child song in Satisfied, which is crazy. I don't know how you write that. <laughs> like, <Twister. laughs> you, you can keep mentioning the Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton movie if you want to. No, I was talking about the rapper Twister. I know, but <sighs> but again, you're just you know you're just poo pooing on our Hamilton parade. By I am not. By I'm just trying to make Twister you a celebrity overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. All right, I promise. Both Justice and I are looking at you like I don't even know who Twister is. I don't. Fine. I was literally yeah. just about to say so, that. That's fine. It's uh, fine. See, a long, long time ago in 2006, Justice, <laughs> there was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, a, now. No, nah, I don't even know. It was, it was a Kanye song. I can't even remember when it came out, but you know, pray for you. Keep it moving. What's up? Keep on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, he's just trying to sabotage this whole thing. He's like a red coat. I am not. Look. <laughs> You're basically like King George. I am. <laughs> Yo, that was my dude. I yeah. gotta say, like, I'm sorry. Like that entire time, he had me crying. Oh, he's great. That now, so the, the time when he was like slobbering. Mm -hmm. While he was like screaming, that was perfect. I so, was like, that, that's ain't no better acting than that. So people were wondering, because you know, I'm Captain Research. People were wondering, like, was that just him doing madness? Because King George eventually ends up being mad, right? Uh, and apparently that actor, this is standard for him. Like he says, I just, when I'm singing on Broadway, I just, I spit, I sweat. I'm just, I'm just always soaking wet up on stage. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And then the best part about that guy is I'm watching it because now we're far enough away from when Hamilton debuted that you're seeing these people and other things. And so I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I pause it. And the people who are watching it with us and my wife, I'm like, do you guys know who that is? And they're like, no. And I go, that's the dude from Mindhunter on Netflix. And if you haven't seen Mindhunter, it's basically about the start of the... A serial killer profiling group with the FBI in like the late 70s. And he's playing basically a sociopath who works for the FBI. Like he has no empathy or anything. Like totally crazy cat. And he's playing that. And now he's playing King George. And then he's also the love interest in Elsa. So that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> King George is the love interest in, it, for Elsa. in uh, Or not. I guess it's not Elsa. I guess whoever the princess is. I don't know. I've seen Frozen, but I don't know who they all are. Um, but yeah, he's the uh, he's like the Nordic guy with the reindeer. What? I'm weak. I know. I'm so weak right oh now. God. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So wow. very what, talented guy. What do we think guy. he played best then? <laughs> da 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 da. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, dude, I'm telling you, like, that was my cat the entire time. Uh -huh. I was waiting for him to come out like every single time. Uh huh. And when he comes out, people are just like freaking out. Like it's great. Yes, so. they are. It was great. It was awesome. 
All right. So we clearly have figured out Jordan's favorite song and favorite performance. No, it's not <laughs> it's my King favorite song. George. He might be my favorite performer though. <laughs> yes. All right. So before we jump into like the what's and the what's, I do want to find out what did you learn from watching Hamilton? Because it is based on this amazing biography about Alexander Hamilton. Uh, and and basically, Lin-Manuel bought it at an airport, hops on the plane, starts reading it, and just gets engrossed in the story of Alexander Hamilton because he's pretty much the founding father that you don't hear about, right? Like, we don't know anything that much yeah. about him. Um, so, gets engrossed and then decides, okay, I'm going to be inspired to write this play in this way. And so, what were some of the things you guys learned, like, historically from watching it? Well... Honestly, one of the things that like I really enjoyed about it was that number one, just to like kind of go off what you just said, Devin, is that I didn't know like all of this stuff about Hamilton. You know, you don't really you think about like George Washington, all the other like, you know, founding fathers, but we never like learned the true history, I feel like, of Alexander Hamilton. So I really enjoyed watching it. And it made me want to actually like read about it and stuff. Cause I'm like, this is actually really interesting and the history behind it, you know, cause like you didn't learn about that stuff, but I enjoyed seeing how he, like, he didn't allow, like he didn't make excuses, you know, for his life. Like he kind of had a rough background. Like he was an immigrant, but he was literally the right hand man to George Washington. Right. So I don't know. I just thought it was like really cool and really impactful to see how he was just such a go-getter, didn't make excuses even through his circumstances and like everything that he went through. He still ended up just making a way, like I said, literally just being the right-hand man for George Washington. I thought it was so cool. And the fact that they use the hip-hop spin to it, I think that's what also was so intriguing about the musical. And in some ways, I feel like sometimes it was a little too, like, fast-paced because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, it's kind of, you're, like, processing everything. But how many plays, well, you don't see plays that have that hip hop spin to it. So just adding that layer of, you know, the African-American culture to it was even cooler. I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, he was able to somehow make history approachable. Yes, exactly. No way. <laughs> I know. It's it's impressive. And like wow. to me, I'm with you when you're talking about Hamilton as kind of the character. Uh, he's he's such an inspiring figure. There's so many lines that Burr is saying about him a lot of the time, like especially when he's like, why do you write like you're running out of time? Yeah. Everything has this urgency behind his life. And it's interesting because like, I remember taking a theology course and the professor talking about, you know, kind of the possibility of, of Christ returning or, you know, the rapture or end times. And his spin on it was, Christ doesn't talk about this stuff. The book of Revelation is not a book to like dwell on because of fear or focus on or conspiracy theories or whatever else you're going to do. The whole purpose of it is to simply drive urgency within Christians to realize, hey, at any moment he can come back. My master can return. So I need to have my life in order. I also need to be urgently sharing the gospel with other people. And Hamilton is kind of that same where he just had this urgency his whole life to just accomplish things. And as somebody who 
wants to accomplish a lot of things and sometimes I lack motivation in doing so, you watch something like this and you're just so inspired by people who are able to basically just put pen to paper and change the world. It's cool too, because he was kind of like that second guy. Because I think if I remember correctly, didn't George Washington's assistant say like, who is that guy? So what he was doing was noticed. So I just thought that that was cool too, because he was kind of like, I guess, quote unquote, the guy like behind the scenes, I guess, because of how he was and because of his urgency, like he was noticed and like he was just always learning, always applying what he learned. And I think that was so inspirational. If you just keep plugging away and if you just keep doing and like learning and having work ethic and knowing your purpose and your calling, you will fulfill whatever you are called to do. You know, I feel like that was seen through the musical. Hamilton truly walked out and fulfilled what he was what, what he was supposed to. And I think that just is it a testament to his character of, you know, he wasn't, he, he didn't make excuses. He just put his foot to the pedal and kept on trucking, you know? <laughs> yeah. And purpose and calling is huge because the whole story is narrated against this comparison with Burr. And they're trying to set that up where it's like Burr did things in a way where he's trying to do things, you know, methodically. It's not that he didn't work hard, but you know, it's it's kind of neat. Yeah, no. Nah. I think that um, from a historical perspective, I just love seeing all the things that encompass the following phrase, pride cometh before a fall. Um, and I know that's biblical, but still it all kind of works out. Like uh, I love how um, Burr's wife's sister got burned on, on the pride of classism. She's like, oh... Um, not Burr, but Hamilton. He's like, oh, Hamilton's so fine. Wait, how much Hamilton got in his bank account? Oh, no, we can't do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me hook you up with my sister instead, boo-boo. <laughs> okay. But I really like you. You're still fine. Though. Her only job is to marry rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was absolutely crazy. And then, you know, just um, all of the, the, the key ingredients that go into the character and, and the narrative of, of Burr himself, though. Like, that was really, really interesting. He drove himself up a wall, and it had absolutely nothing to do with Hamilton, even though it had everything to do with Hamilton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, it's funny because I'm thinking about all these haters out here. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, I just, I really thought that that was, I thought that was interesting and in how it kind of feeds into our understanding of what a historical narrative, like, kind of is. Because you don't read stuff like that in the history books, but it plays its part. For what it's worth, we we could really go there with colonialism or everything that happened. And uh, like I said, we're coming up for air this episode. Yeah, so we're not going to turn I, into I, that. I won't. <laughs> so, you brought up the haters, Jordan. And I just want to say that I did text my sister because I thought it'd be interesting to know what she thought. So I asked her, what did you learn from the Hamilton play? And she said, I learned to not let the haters get to me. <laughs> So what's up? That's like a tagline for Hamilton. I, I do think that this, it's such an interesting contrast though. And I think the way that the whole thing is pieced together is so well done because I actually found Aaron Burr to almost be a character that you you felt bad for in a lot of ways. Like he was- No, I didn't. No, but, but hear me out though. He's kind of like the Carl Malone to Michael. Like he, he would have been the guy if this other guy didn't happen to be there. And it's not that he didn't work hard. He just went about things a different way and everything had to do with their upbringing. He, he has the one song where he's singing about, talking about kind of waiting. He's, he's being patient 
and we talk about you need to be patient. You don't just force your calling. You don't force things. And he's being patient. And a lot of us think patience is a, a major virtue to have. And that's how he kind of plays it. Now, sure, he does kind of play both sides of, of the the line sometimes, but where Hamilton is just going out there and just grabbing everything. And he's like, that's not how this is supposed to work. You're not supposed to cut the guy who's been patient and loyal. And yet Hamilton's doing that. So in some ways, there's some sympathy being done. And and then they have the other song where they're basically singing it together, singing about their kids. And they're saying they both want the same thing for their kids. And they're both going about it in different ways. But at the end of the day, they both want America to be this great nation where their kids can basically even exceed and blow them away with the things mm-hmm. that, that they're doing today. They're, they're thinking about a legacy. They're thinking about a future. They're thinking beyond just their own lives. Both of them want that, and they both went about it different ways. So in some ways, you kind of, I don't know, there, there's ways to have some empathy for, for Aaron Burr, even though he's ultimately the villain and, and comes out at the very beginning and says, you know, I'm, I'm the, the dumb fool that shot him. Like... <laughs> Uh, I think it's kind of interesting, like you bring up that point, because obviously they had two different types of personalities, right? But also just this thought came to my head of like, was it patience or was it more of just like procrastination, like not having that drive? Like even for me in a season of my life, I'm like, okay, I've got to be patient. I've got to see this through. But then I've come to realize, I think I might be actually procrastinating this now, <laughs> not like, um, all right, I know like this is what I'm supposed to do. So like, let me put things in action to like now make it a reality. I feel like maybe that was a little bit of his struggle. Whereas Hamilton is just like you said, he was just like, I'm going to go get it. I don't care. This is what I want. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to that point. So I'm always a little bit nervous coming in after a Swango desk knock because that means she's fired up. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to do it anyway. And and this kind of shows you actually how how well written and how thoughtful this whole thing was put together because when they first meet, when Hamilton first meets Burr, Hamilton's blown away by Burr and asking him, "How did you finish school so fast?" So it sets it up immediately that Burr is a go-getter. He yeah, is not true. a procrastinator. Yeah. He is out there. And then it also sets up later when they when they win the war, he walks in the room, uh, he gets summoned by Washington, you know, before the, when they're kind of in the midst of the war, he gets summoned by Washington. Well, Burr's already in the room. So clearly Burr would be in that room only because Washington thinks Burr's important too. He just so happens to think Hamilton's a little more important. And then after the war is won, they've got law firms set up next door to each other. You know, and he says, you know, Burr worked next door. And then he even tells Burr, Burr, you're a better lawyer than me. Like, come help me defend the Constitution. You're better at this than I am. So I don't think that there's anything from a character standpoint where we're even seeing like necessarily character flaws or motivation flaws from Burr. He was just as motivated. He just went things, went about it in a very different way. And Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Pride. Oh, and pride. Hamilton didn't have yeah. pride? And Jefferson didn't have pride. Every single one of those guys had pride. I no, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm just saying, though. I'm just, I'm just saying pride. That's why I said that. The, the narrative itself, it, it, it almost lends a complete scope to the understanding of the insecurities of, of man. Yeah. And by man, I don't mean like, like mankind. I mean like man. Like, <laughs> like, you know. like males. <laughs> yeah, without, yeah. Without having a... a 
uh, what's that contest that that men have? Um, we don't need to go there. This is a Christian podcast, anyway. But yeah, no, I, I really feel like you know, I, I I think that that was an unspoken in that entire situation. I think that there was a lot of depth to that if somebody's willing to actually pay attention to it. Um, because even though they kept calling each other friend and they were inviting each other to do this, and, <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was really it was the first like yeah. Forget the fact that Hamilton had all that good hip hop and stuff in it. It was like the first ever episode of Love and Hip Hop New York. I'm sorry, but it was. And I'm not saying that to to down it, but you know, I I think that the construct of of each character it kind of lends itself to something that can contextualize itself in in our modern context. I'm just using all my big words. Um but I I mean I really do. I feel like you could see those same two individuals now in like the hip hop industry or clearly you could see those same two individuals in the business industry of, of whatever business or you could see them in the military. And that's the one thing I was thinking. I was like, you know, the 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 more things change, the more things stay the same. Yeah. And this is a a prime example of that. There are two sides of the same coin. You know, I mean, we see the way that Burr's pride gets to him so much that, he, you know, at the end, spoiler alert, he ends up killing Hamilton in a duel. Really? What? And I know. Hamilton's pride gets to him so much that he decides, you know what I need to do? Uh, regardless of how my wife might feel, I'm just going to go ahead and release all the information about this tort affair that I had. <laughs> Like, because I need to set the record straight. Yeah, that. <laughs> so, I mean, That's the amount of pride is is almost scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was kind of scary. That was kind of bad. That was definitely kind of bad. That actually falls in line with some of the things that I learned, like just from a historical standpoint. First, I thought it was super fascinating that early on, the loser of the election became the vice president, which is super cool. True. Like, I feel like yeah. we should almost do that now. It forces the, the sides to work together. Um, it, it also might force you to be a little bit more cordial toward the other guy because you're trying to build a relationship. Like immediately you're trying to, to bridge the aisle. Well, if I'm right, there's no, there were no parties yet then. And as a matter oh, no, of fact, there were. I'm right, didn't somebody in there? Oh, that's right. I'm trying to remember who actually warned against the creation of parties. It was uh, John Adams warned against the creation of a two-party system. He said that that yeah, would basically destroy yeah. America. And yet that's pretty much what we've had almost the whole time. <laughs> um, no, because there were multiple parties. You had the Democratic Republicans. You had the Federalists. Like you had, there were multiple parties Wig, at the time. The, Wig. the Wigs, you know. Um, the but that was an interesting one. And then um, the other one that, that I thought was interesting was, you know, you, you understand somewhat of how like our nation is developed. But you don't understand quite how long it took for the Constitution to actually take form. Like you yeah. think, you know, we we have the Declaration of Independence in 1776. And then it's like, okay, and then we won the war. And then like all this stuff just existed, right? It's like, no, like they were figuring out everything as they went for like the next 20 some odd years trying to figure it out. You know, uh, Washington, I think, uh, doesn't step down until it's like 1800. I think that's when uh, when John Adams gets elected. So you figure it, we're talking almost 25 years from the time we declared independence until we even held our first kind of, you know, real uh, official election when Washington decides he's going to step down. Like it took our country that long to figure things out. And we were still debating if the constitution was the way to go, if it should be federal, if it should be states, like, you know, and uh, I thought all that stuff was from a historical standpoint, it made history so digestible and interesting. Of course, they made it digestible. People love hip hop. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what other questions you got for us, doctor? All right. So, Jordan, I'm not going to ask you your favorite song because that would require way too much detail. 
Um, no, it's it's really simple. Well, okay. actually, no, it's not my favorite song. This is a song that I can't not forget for okay. some reason. Which is? Um, I don't know the title of it, but it's the one that goes, Love doesn't discriminate. Sinners and sinners. <laughs> it takes and it takes and it takes. Like, yeah, that's the Aaron Burr song where he's talking about why he's patient. Uh, because of how, how he grew up. Yeah, it's the Aaron Burr song. It's, uh, I'll, I'll look up the title here. Um, and while I'm doing that, Swang, what is your favorite yeah, song? Mine is, I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> I'm not throwing away my shot. Yep. Yeah, that's my jam. I like that one. That was my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, and that really, you know, what's funny is the two songs you guys picked are the songs that basically outline how different the two guys are in their approach. Yeah. So my shot yeah. is basically, I'm going to shoot first. And the song title for the one that Jordan mentioned is called Wait For It. And that's literally how Burr went about his life. It's not that he waited to do things. It's that he was willing to wait for people to promote him and yeah. versus being his his own promoter. Yeah, that that is exactly it. That's, you hit it right on the nail. Like he was waiting for other people. Whereas Hamilton was like, I don't care if other people, like I'm just gonna uh -huh. like do it. Yeah. I'm gonna promote myself. You That's know? right. Yeah. He's like uh, Muhammad Ali, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and That's so true. So my favorite song, because um, I will admit, and it's, I mean, I've admitted this multiple times, that I can be a bit of a, a ball full of tears when I'm watching things. Um, Satisfied just gets me every single time. Not only because I mm. feel like it it speaks a lot to how I feel about my own life. And, you know, if if I'm ever satisfied, you know, just Lord take me. Because uh, <laughs> I should always want to accomplish more and more. But then at the same time, it just makes me grateful for like the relationships that I have in my life with my spouse and, and with, you know, friends like you guys and just knowing that you can make the wrong decision and end up not being spending kind of that your life or the rest of your life with the people that you maybe would have been best spending your life with. And that's pretty much what goes on in that song. And so from just a relationship standpoint, you know, it speaks so much to that as well as just, you know, just like I said, kind of how I feel about how I want to go through life. I don't ever want to be quote unquote satisfied. You don't want to be like Angelica catching the vapors. Oh. Let me hook you up with my sister. Mm -hmm. Even though you're still fine. Yeah. Well, because she <laughs> sized them up way just, too quick and realizes that. I mean, that's not, that sounds like a Bible story. I'm sorry. It does. This is flat out. Yeah. Yeah. It really <laughs> like, does. Yes, the doll. Have you seen thine sister? <laughs> Thy sister is <laughs> finest. The one with, with the fatteth. Cloaketh and sandaleth. And then he knew her. Mm. Yes, they knew each other very well. Oh, knew. Yeah. Knew, knew, knew. So, okay, we need to shut up on that. What, <laughs> what was your favorite performance? Who's your favorite performer? Well, I guess we're going to go with justice on this one because we know my answer. Yeah. Okay, so I a message from the I, king. I think I'm changing my answer from what I told you guys behind the scenes. Okay, wait. My favorite performance or my favorite performer? Uh, well, I guess you can give us both answers. Okay. So I actually really liked that last scene, even though Hamilton dies. Like, that was so, that was such an emotional scene. So I actually really like, I mean, I didn't like the fight fact that like he died and how he died. <laughs> but basically the who tells your story. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked that. Favorite performer. Oh no, that's a tough one. 
It is actually because there's so many great performances. There's so, yeah. 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 I'll just give my favorite performance. Like, I know that seems like a weird scene to pick, but I think like with just everything leading up into then that moment, it was just so powerful to me. So, well, it's, it is like the perfect bow on top, though. It really ties everything together, everything that's going on, because early on, George Washington's basically trying to tell him that. He's like, listen, yeah. history's got its eyes on you. Like, pay attention to what's going on. Right. And then are you even going to accomplish enough that your legacy will be carried on and people will tell your story? Yeah. And, and that's basically who Hamilton was. Like, he was so relentless. And, you know, why did he write like he's running out of time? Because he just felt like it all the time. So, Jordan? Yeah, I know I'm going to sound like a jerk right now, but... um. I need y'all to hear me out. Uh, so, yeah, my favorite performance and performer, uh, both. I mean, no, everybody did a really, really good job. Let me, let me not just, because y'all about to be like, Jordan hates it. He just, he hates. No, that's really nice, Jordan. Everyone did a um, fine job. Everyone was very just adequate. It was great. Yes, fine. I didn't say fine, adequate. Fine, no, they fine, actually fine, did good really job. good. <laughs> I was actually thoroughly impressed at, at the rhyme schemes. Um, you know, people trying to pull out Buster Rhymes, that, that's not easy. I, I have to respect that. Um, True. Hercules Mulligan. But, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Anyway, the king and <laughs> his full representation of Britain. Now, you know, it goes hard, but see, this is what, this is what I'm going to say. And, and, um, you know what, you, you can be mad at me all you want to, but this is what I was thinking the entire time his little cameo appearances, but knowing that he's a much bigger deal than the representation as, 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 as he has set forth as, you know. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Burn After Reading? Uh, yes. No. Of course you don't. So way back in 2010, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely disregarded what you just said because I'm over it. No, I'm just, I'm just messing. No, it was. Seriously, I know, I'm I, just kidding. It's a Coen Brothers you, with with Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Yeah. yeah, it's got Brad Pitt. It's got George. Clooney. I think it was. I think it's even later than that, though. Like, what? What nah, year did that come? I'll, it's I'll look around. No, it's around anyway, eleven. I think. Yeah. Well, like, do you remember like all of the the covert and overt operations that were happening in that movie? <laughs> I just like, remember all the nonsense Brad, that was happening. I just remember Brad Pitt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being so exactly. ridiculous. He was so dumb, but just all these things are happening. And then every now and again, you would end up in this scene with some head honcho from the federal government and all this major catastrophic, like all these events happen. And then he's like, oh, homegirl just, she wants, she wants liposuction. Uh-huh. Make it happen. And that's the end of the movie. And I was like, what? really? Yeah. <laughs> no, basically like, just is, is everything is completely overblown until you boil it down and all that's left is basically people's you know pride or <laughs> or you know uh envy or vanity yeah, and that's all that's left exactly it's like just selfishness exactly. yeah and i felt like that was the pettiness that was britain this entire time yeah. like they weren't really they were like oh we have this we have this love affair this relationship and if you guys don't like what we're doing we'll just We'll send thousands of ships to come and blow you yes. up. Thank you. Uh -huh. What do you think about that? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is all you wanted? You wanted your uh -huh. freedom? I would oh, kill you're gonna your friends it. and family. You're going to come crawling back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't you come? Yo, I was I was weak. That's like I had me dead to rights, yeah. man. I was like, okay. that that That's what I was the entire time. I was thinking like, they're like the FBI and burn after reading. Mm -hmm. And there, there's <laughs> nothing at all wrong with that answer. He's a, a crowd favorite. 
You know, everyone he freaks is. out. They love and, him. And he's great. It's great. And it's, I do think it's funny. And we'll probably get into this a little bit because I do have a white folk wonder. Oh boy. But I do think that truly the main villain is King George. I mean, the fact is, is that he was the one killing the Americans, even though people might think it's Burr. It's not. Mm-hmm. And the only one who predominantly, or the only white person who had a predominant role in the whole thing was the ultimate villain. And I think that's on purpose because they were trying to make this diverse thing that people could absorb and kind of understand, okay, this is, this is what America is. America is diversity. Um, and I think that that's ultimately what they were able to kind of get across. Uh, so for mine, David Diggs is the man playing Lafayette and then playing Thomas Jefferson. That guy, not only was he incredible, he had me in stitches. Like that guy is incredible. I hope I see him in so many other things. That's my favorite performer. And, and it's a very close second for uh, Angelica because she's just, she's absurd. She can sing, she can rap. Oh my gosh. And then like her ability and Manuel's ability to act while singing and make these expressions, these facial expressions where Manuel especially, like you have the one song where they're after his son is killed in a duel. And, you know, it's the it's quiet uptown where he's like just trying to find solace somewhere. And then when he finally gets forgiven for his his affair and like he's just wearing all of that on his face while singing at the same time, I just thought was, you know, as far as the performance goes, both of them just did such a, a great job at that. Well, you know, if you go to an opera, just just saying. Go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was just going to say I agree with the Angelica thing because y'all know I said that in the beginning. She's great. True story. She was actually, she's in a uh, a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it. This movie will, this movie will gut you if you see it. Um, She plays uh, a mom in the movie and she's married to, um, oh, who's the guy who is in uh, This Is Us? He also played, he played Christopher Darden in the OJ thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which, yeah. which was excellent um, and a tragedy all at the same time. Yeah, it was great. But uh, uh, Sterling K. Brown, um, he is yeah. phenomenal. But he plays like this kind of overbearing dad. And then she plays the wife slash mother. And it's a movie called Waves. And uh, it came out last year and it will gut you. It is Waves? Waves. It is incredible. Yeah. So check it out if you get a chance. There's my. Is it on? Mm. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's on. Um, you'd have to double check and see. But there's my movie thirty seconds. Uh, since a lot of this has been about technically a movie. <laughs> yeah. So that and just like the last black man in San Francisco is not. Still mad at that. Is not what? It's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, I told you I went yeah. looking for it. Oh. I know there was Amazon did a cool thing shortly after. Um, the Black Lives Matter stuff happening. They released a bunch of uh, black-centric movies for free that you could watch. So that was one of them for a little while. I don't know if they're still doing that, but I thought that was kind of neat. that include uh, Baby Boy? Uh, it might have. <laughs> it might have. <laughs> Boomerang and yeah, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Time out. Oh, my gosh. No. Which uh, anything, but, anything but Vampire in Brooklyn, bro. So... This will kind of lead me into my white folk wonder. So in talking about the diversity of the cast, 
what does it mean to the two of you as what's the term now people of color um mm-hmm. what does it mean to you to see this juxtaposition where a diverse cast of people are playing white folks in a historical broadway play i that was one of the things that i had talked about earlier is just like i thought that that was just a really cool thing and i think especially in this time now like the fact that we were that we're even able to do that and to see the success behind it being done in that way just the responsiveness from people from that regard like it, it gives you like in my opinion, a glimmer of hope that we're still progressing forward. The fact that, you know, it has that hip hop feel, you know, we're, we're bringing in that culture. I I loved it. I, and I think honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I think that if it wasn't done that way, I probably wouldn't have been as intrigued to see it. I think a lot of it had to do too with my sister. She was just obsessed with like the soundtrack. She kept playing it over and over again. And I'm like, okay, like, I think I do want to see this Hamilton. We should have put her on instead of Georgia tonight. I know, right? (laughs) Um, But I really do think that because, (laughs) because of how they went about doing it, it was a little bit more intriguing to me, which is, it's cool because, you know, I think that there's probably more people who felt felt or feel like I have felt. And so being able to draw people in to see that, to be open to the history and to learn, you know, that's what it's all about. So overall, what I'm trying to say is I think it gives us a a glimmer of hope of, you know, there's hope moving forward and there is progression in this area with production and movies and all that kind of thing that we were able to see pretty much an all black cast for the most part um, do this Hamilton production. I, I just, I think it's awesome. Outside of the fact that I do feel that personally, some of the individuals who uh, were role cast in this, uh, you know, the original people may be rolling in their graves. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> just, just, just putting that in the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, colonialism. But, you know, I I honestly, I, I love it. I mean, I love the fact that um, they've taken this and they've given it the quote-unquote flair that they have. Um, I think that it hasn't been done to a fault, which was something I was very, very concerned about because you could definitely milk this cow just a little too much, if we're, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, I, I can see eight million. What do you mean by that? I was about to say, I could see um, 8 million uh, people who've never listened to hip-hop before just running through the streets talking about, I've, learned, I've listened to Hamilton. I know all about hip-hop now. And <laughs> that that would not end well. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that for sure. Right. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, I honestly, uh, I, I love the fact that someone was creative enough to utilize these amazing and talented people in positions that they would normally not be put in um, just because it, it doesn't suit the actual narrative. Everybody 
at least from what we know in the history books that played a real part in this uh, was as wide as they come. Um, and, you know, we we could have other conversations. Again, we, we came up for air today, so I will not talk about the whitewashing of any other particular books that we all like to read and study because it's attached to our faith. Not going to do that. Instead, <laughs> what I will do is say, um, you know, I, I really do. I, I love the fact that they really they, they took the opportunity to do this in excellence. Obviously, so excellent that it's still twelve hundred dollars a, a ticket. I'm betting it's still twelve hundred dollars, and nobody's even going right now. And I bet it's still twelve hundred dollars. You know, uh, and then I love the fact that it it gave them platform. Um, you know, I I even admire. I will not say that you know I'm all for everything that they've done, but I know that they have been a lot of the outspoken. As a matter of fact, I know that they were some of the primary outspoken as far as being able to state their case uh, and encouraging. Um, our current presidency and even encouraging previous presidency uh, to do what they can to make changes. I just recall what it was like immediately after Trump got elected, Pence actually went to a show and uh, Lin-Manuel literally called him uh, out from the stage. <laughs> yeah, that you didn't know. go well for Pence going to that yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, what, November 16, 2016 or something like that. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, I've neither confirmed nor deny the stance on it, but the bottom line was I appreciate that they took the time to utilize their platform. Like, it was a collective thing. It wasn't just Lin-Manuel, like, stepping out like, hey, well, I'm at it. You know, they were all standing there in, in, in solidarity, which I which I thought was really, really dope. And they they did it in a respectful fashion on top of that. Um, you know, I just I think in the grand scheme of things, I I really do. You know, I, I appreciate as much as I've given giving y'all a hard time just because it's really fun. I, I think that it was an excellent, excellent, excellent show. Um, and I, I really probably intend to try and go see it one day if I can take out a second mortgage on my house. Um, you know, I see both of y'all up here celebrating. <laughs> Fortunately, it won't be as expensive because as it is releasing in other places nationwide, like it was actually here uh, last year. I saw it here. You did see. So it's also, I mean, it's obviously different casting and stuff like that, but um, you can definitely see it for more reasonably priced than than what it was probably back in its heyday when a lot of the original cast was still there. Um, but, you know, this is such a, an interesting thing because I, I do think that if it wasn't a hip hop show, which is basically a black cultural music engine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you probably would have had a lot of criticism for, oh, you complain about, you know, blackface and whatnot, but now a bunch of, you know, blacks and Hispanics and can play a bunch of white people. Like there would have been this weird crit <laughs> critique of it in a way, right? Like in, yeah. If it wasn't for it being hip hop, we all know that people will criticize almost anything. <laughs> and so it, it's, and look, Hollywood has a very strange relationship when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, we're still going through this. Did you guys know that in 1994, when the idea of a Harriet movie was first pitched, do you know who the producers mentioned in the room to play Harriet? Uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, I know you're saying that as a joke, but you're a lot closer than you think. It was Julia Roberts. Are you serious? I am, I am dead serious. Wow. Uh, and now what's interesting is that even when uh, Cynthia Erivo played her, people were like, well, hold up. Why is some British actress playing an American? Like they even still had a problem. What? 
I know. And so then we also had like, I think it was maybe 10 years ago, there was a movie done in Hawaii where Emma Stone played someone with the last name of Ng. She was like a, supposed to be potentially Asian, but it was, I mean, Emma Stone's about as white as they come. Uh, yeah. it, you know, Zoe Salanda was just playing uh, Nina Simone and got completely tore up for that, even though, and and what's interesting is she's she's not black as far as I know. I believe she's like Puerto Rican and uh, and maybe Haitian, but she's not. Something you know, like that. Yeah. Um, but she she's clearly not super dark skin the way that Nina Simone is. So like this whole thing is very interesting where, you know, do you think a hundred years from now, we're going to be at a, a place in society where it doesn't really matter what somebody looks like? Do you have to look like the person you're playing or do you just have to be the person who's maybe able to play them best? Like, I, I don't know. I see that. I, yeah, I see exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's kind of the hope. I get it. Like, there's no way you could be outraged at what's happening with Hamilton if you're, you know, I, I, I see what I <laughs> see what surprised. road you're going Plus, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really confused at the other one, though, because if they're going to do that, then why didn't they get on John Monhansu for being an Amistad? Well, I mean, there's I mean, British people who play Americans constantly. I mean, but it's... Yeah. Idris yeah. Elba is in everything with a with, with the the easiest accent you right. ever heard yeah. in your entire life. Yeah, that I don't know. That, no. That's the kind and, of thing that doesn't make sense for me. But I see exactly what direction you're heading in with that. I I, I honestly do believe that that's a a really cool and and potentially positive step that we can take. I don't think that we're there yet. I think too many people are still going to wig out. Or people people are going to roll in their graves before they even die. Um, but that is the place that we can get to. That is the proverbial child playing next to a cobra's nest. <laughs> so, I'm kind of bored. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be faster? Like, I think Denzel could play anybody. Like, what if Denzel plays, you know, uh, the Godfather? Like, that'd be incredible. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure there'd be a lot of uproar about that. But, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting thing to see from a cultural standpoint that we basically took a story that is 100% full of, of white people casted with like one white person in it. And that white person ended up being the villain. <laughs> and they didn't, there was no hip hop from them. That was basically a Beatles song, uh, which still just worked for the whole thing. Uh, it's just a- It, did. it was so it was so brilliant. Yeah, oh my it was. It was. It's just, a, it's a whole, the whole thing is fascinating to me. And, you know, when we're trying to get away from this horrible history that we had, especially in Hollywood and like the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s of the, the blackface. And basically you're playing people for no other reason than just racism. You know, are we ever going to get to a point where the people who maybe are best suited to play somebody and, and that will be the only, you know, the best man of the job is the only thing that matters. That's dope. I really, uh, you know, I'm, again, just not being the complete musical person, but somebody who really does appreciate the arts. I think that this is one of the, I don't know exactly how to say it, but I feel like it's definitely one of the easiest opportunities for us to witness what it should be like to to cross spectrums. Like I said, like, I, I really do. I, I, I fully, I, the more I'm thinking about it as we have this conversation, the more I'm really, like, really, really willing to endorse it, which means I'm probably not going to talk about it for a very long time. Um, just because, again, I don't, I don't, I really don't feel like 
people are there. Like the fact that you just said that, I'm really hoping certain people don't listen to this episode of our podcast now because if not, we're going to see it on Facebook. <laughs> Why are they allowed to do Hamilton and we can't do blackface? And you know. I know because it never came out before, <laughs> which I guess in a way, then we know, oh, those people are listening. <laughs> I, which I don't have a problem with. No. I, I feel like, I, you I, know, if, if I'm literally forced to go through my timeline and see anybody else's perspective that I absolutely don't agree with, um, then yeah, please come and visit me. And, and you know, this, this goes back to the conversation thing of what we were talking about last week. That's perfectly fine. We don't have to talk. But if you want to listen to me and what I got to say, that's perfectly fine too. I don't think you can compare those two things, but that's a whole nother topic for another night. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I 100% don't, we, you know, we, we've been having non-comparable conversations for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, again, ladies and gentlemen, just in case, Brianna Taylor. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I, was there uh, another question or was the white folk wonder the, the blending question? That was I it. I thought you that had was... three and the white folk wonder. Oh, okay, cool. That was it. That was the, that was the discussion. That works. That works. Um, that's like, uh, um, I don't know. I was thinking maybe we could have the the gender conversation too, but then that would go down a really horrible path for one reason and one reason only. I hate to say it. I hate to say it because I was hoping that it would be awesome. And in a sense, it kind of was, but then it really wasn't. Ghostbusters. Hmm. I did see an interesting tweet uh, not too long ago where there is some overcorrection for some of that stuff. Elizabeth Banks, who I believe wrote and directed the most recent Charlie's Angels, she was saying that if this movie bombs, it just proves, you know, how chauvinistic and misogynistic uh, men are. Like, you know, just because it's a, it's a female-led ensemble. So it wouldn't say anything about the quality. It would simply say only about how people feel toward that type of vehicle. And then someone just blew her up by saying, right, because movies like uh, Alien didn't do well. Terminator didn't do well, and just rattled off these countless number of movies. You know, uh, uh, The Force Awakens didn't do well. These countless movies where the female is the you know protagonist and the hero in the story. And there's just when you actually look back at how many different movies there are like that, it's like oh my goodness, there's there's like dozens that are these massive hits. And so it speaks to quality over <laughs> ideology. Um, you know, True. and, and hopefully we get to a place where quality will just simply speak for itself and there, there won't be additional motives or worldview that keep people from making decisions. It's just simply the quality of something. Yeah. And I didn't think that through all the way either, because after that, I'm thinking, what is the one and only movie that has saved the DC movie line to this point? <laughs> And of course, also directed by a woman. Yeah. And it was Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman so, was yeah. absolutely well. Now that if may we also don't be the exception. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm saying that just because DC is definitely the Jerry Stackhouse to the Vince Carter in the 2000 slam dunk contest. Mm -hmm. They tried so hard. They did real good, but Vince Carter. Yeah. And people will try to say that Joker's part of it, but it's kind of not. Nah. No, not it's, at all. It's not the same as the multi, you know, the, the, what is it, the Marvel verse where they're basically intertwining all of them, Joker with its own vehicle. So you can't just mm. claim that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we did it. We did it, Justice. We finally got this man to talk about Hamilton. We did. We and have I enjoyed it. Yes. 
We have won the day. We have. And now it's uh, time to what, Jordan? It's time to... I'm not doing it. What? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm Come not, on, DiMaggio. Keep it going. I already said You know, I just... I can't let that streak keep running. Okay. I just, you know, as much as I want to, what is what is the sense of of somebody my age without <laughs> without any children? So yeah, you know, I, I literally had to think about this. Like, what? Okay, so one more time, just to literally put it to bed. What is the okay. point of somebody my age with no kids talking about going night night? <laughs> I mean, usually the point is to See? highlight what Justice is doing. She's gonna go night night. That's usually what it's for. See? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Hey, but if we stay on here too much longer, we might start getting delirious like we normally do. That's I mean, true. that's the whole point. I love getting delirious at the end of this thing. I think that some people, I, I, I know that a couple of people have told me, y'all are ridiculous at the end of your episodes. And I'm like, well, I think it's well earned. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Uh, it's good. I'll consider that a compliment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad that we finally had an opportunity. Shoot, the sucker might be long enough that it may be a two-parter. So after all the yeah, all the ranting and and complaining. You might get two parts out of this. Congratulations, people! You're gonna make people wait for Hamilton an additional week. <laughs> Devin and I coming in hot. That's right. Oh, Lord have mercy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, it it was good. It was fun. And now when Hamilton two comes out, because I'm sure they're gonna find a way to do that because this cow is worth milking. Um, actually, you know, if they do that, I would be beyond weak. I was like, how the heck do you get a Hamilton to? That's like, what was it? Uh, just stupid movie. Yeah. I'm getting delirious. Y'all can tell now. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. Exactly. You, you lost me. You well, lost me. I mean, <laughs> you're just trying to make people say, yeah. wow, you guys are so silly at the end. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not. But I no, the only reason I said that is because I'm I'm absolutely ashamed to say that I actually watched that movie. Mm. Um, and oh, I that's need, a real thing. Yeah, I need, oh, huh? there's actually a, there's a whole series of books where they take either historical <laughs> figures or they take classic works like Sense and Sensibility. But it's like Sense and Sensibility zombies. Like they just oh. totally oh God, flip sure. everything around, and it's like okay. So horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Well, you learn something new every day. Cause... <sighs> I don't know if you really like that as learning, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got you for sure. Again, ladies and gentlemen, my bad for talking about Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. But thank you once again for tuning into the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to go ahead and like, share, subscribe, all of those beautiful things. Uh, leave some podcast love on that Apple podcast algorithm. Fill out the little thing where you say you actually like us or even, you know, constructive criticism. I, I don't I don't care. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely getting delirious. It's time, it's time to put this down. Uh, and as always, please don't forget to be inspired to inspire uh, because that's what the inspired one does. And don't forget to get some rest. That's a good idea. So once again, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. I'm Justice. And uh, we will catch you uh, next time. That's wash your hands. Yeah. Wear your mask. Brush your teeth. (laughs) Especially if you're wearing a mask. (laughs) Yo, but for real though, side note, does y'all's mouth not get dry when you're wearing a mask? It does. I have thought about though how you can go ahead and eat like some garlic food the night before because if you're around people the next day, big deal. They can't smell your breath. You're wearing a mask. There are some True, pros. But you still need to brush your teeth. Well, yeah, just for Don't be out here not brushing health. your teeth just because no, you can wear a mask. No, but you can your brush breath. your teeth and do all kinds of stuff and still smell garlicky the next day. Oh, wow. <laughs>
This is the effects of COVID. See, that's what we call organic silliness at the end of an episode. Yes, exactly. I wasn't trying to force it before. Anyway, look, shut it. <laughs> Over you people. And we out. Out of this disrespect. <laughs> shut her down. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Thank you.